Hello, Keith here with Rebel Civics, episode four. The Rebel Civics show on Unsafe Space Network is an education discussion show. Talk about the principles of government and society and individual rights. Today, I'm going to talk about the uh, the leaked Supreme Court draft majority opinion that uh, Politico um, got a hold of. Uh, they haven't said who they got it from, but likely it's a clerk that was opposed to the decision and is trying to stir up trouble, uh, create political firestorm and influence the court that way, which is not how the court's supposed to work. So um, apparently the FBI is looking into the case, trying to figure out where they came from. But yeah, the court uh, is far too much of a political body. Uh, we got, you know, the, the politically connected lawyers is who was on the court offering their opinion. And this leak coming out, just increases the problem of the Supreme Court having too much power and being too political. So you see on the uh, news, all the protests and people are carrying signs as if they're talking to their, their representative in Congress, but they're outside the Supreme Court. Supreme Court doesn't work that way. At least it's not supposed to. So hopefully the justices on the Supreme Court can manage to, uh, avoid the temptation to look out their windows and see people screaming at them from both sides of the question. Uh, pink haired ladies with big signs and yelling uh, one, one way or the other. Um, I'm not going to talk much about the, the validity, right and wrong of abortion. And I'm going to talk about the Supreme Court opinion. Um, but first, let's start with the Politico article. Um, so they're the ones that got a hold of this. Uh, we try to ignore the uh, pictures here. Um, as I said, we don't know where they got this from, uh, but they got a hold of a draft. Um, all indications are that it that it's real. Came out in February, so this is the first draft of a majority opinion. Uh, this is intended to be circulated inside the court um, and see which justices agree. Uh, they might modify it, issue a second draft. Um, Right now, there's uh, five in agreement and three disagreement and one undecided, at least as of February. So uh, if this case does come out, like I say, I wouldn't ignore this, except other than to point out when you see pink hair and a mask, um, you can pretty much tell what's going on in that head. Much, probably very little, very little. But anyway, uh, we won't get into that part. Um Drew Anger, uh, Anger wrote this. And, oh no, excuse me, just Josh Gershon and Alexander Ward. He said they didn't disclose where they got it from, but um, I've seen several uh, um, opinions offered by people who have clerked for the Supreme Court uh, and even one judge uh, saying that this looks real. It looks like it is actually how this works. Um, now, they didn't quite vote to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision. Um, what they're saying is that when the verdict is released, five are planning on agreeing with something like this draft. So be a little uh, cautious here because this is just a first draft. It's not a released opinion. Um, what he said here about the full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 73 decision, that is accurate. I read I read some of it. Uh, it's 60 pages long, um, 98 pages if you include the 38-page uh, appendix on history of state laws. 
Uh, I don't know why it took uh, Alito, Samuel Alito wrote, wrote this draft. Um, it, it, he doesn't need 60 pages. I could have helped him and done it in one page. Carter said yesterday he'd do it in a paragraph. Um, but anyway, they are, they are correct. And he said here, Roe was wrong from the start. Um, and that is actually correct. That's, that's, um, and also this other is another one, Planned Parenthood v. Casey. That's a 90, 1992 Supreme Court case where they affirmed that they, they not only didn't overturn Roe, they said it was correct. Um, but it's wrong. Um, Alito said, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled, he writes in the document, labeled as the opinion of the court. Um, the reason it's labeled the opinion of the court is because it's the opinion of the court. Um, court justices don't issue rulings. That's King's issue rulings. So um, you see a lot of the news reports of this talk about the Supreme Court is going to rule or the Supreme Court ruled and uh, that's all false. Uh, courts issue opinions, majority, and dissenting. And they're just opinions. And it's on the case before them. Um, and he said, but Alito said, it's time to heed the Constitution. Now, there's a striking thing to come out of the Supreme Court. They spend way more time on precedent than the actual Constitution. Um, I'll uh, want to give kudos to Politico. Uh, this is unusual in modern day, quote unquote, journalism. Um, they actually included the thing they're talking about. Um, it's a draft that was leaked, but it's the original source. Uh, and it's quite interesting. Uh, the case is Thomas E. Dobbs, state health officer, Mississippi Department of Health, blah, blah, blah. Uh, versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. So what happened in Mississippi is they um, attempted or did ban abortions, most abortions after 15 weeks. So there's, you know, the, the original row, it was the first trimester. So they're cutting back a few weeks is how I look at it. Uh, and there's some other restrictions. Um, they didn't outright ban abortion. It's just after 15 weeks. And this ended up in... Uh, Going through state courts, uh, ended up in a federal appeals court, and the uh, the, the the circuit court, the appeals court, um, their opinion was that this Mississippi law violates the Supreme Court opinion in Roe v. Wade, um, which is wrong, but because Roe v. Wade was wrong, but anyway, uh, the the this whole concept uh, they call it stare decisis uh, is the Latin. Um, term for that, that courts use precedent to make a decision rather than actually voting and offering an opinion based on the constitution. They often, more often than not, they use precedent. So this, this is a, is, is a landmark decision, not because it's about abortion. Um, although you could say it is about that too, but, uh, my point of it being a landmark is that they're actually overturning, uh, Supreme court precedents, which is, which the court is loath to do. Uh, they hate to say that some other justice was wrong. Um, they almost never do that. If you've ever seen the Constitution they use in the class called constitutional law, quote unquote constitutional law, um, which is a trick title because that class has nothing to do with the Constitution. Uh, the study of constitutional law is not actually about the Constitution. It's about this 3,000 page, 3,000 page book. Uh, here's the Constitution, right? Um, takes about an hour to read this. Uh, the 3,000 page book, nobody even knows all of that. You couldn't possibly keep track of that. It's 
prior court decisions and the study of constitutional law and a lot of the decisions made by both the lower courts and the Supreme Court are actually just based on prior opinion rather than going back to what they're supposed to do it on, which is the Constitution. So this, this case uh, is very interesting to me because there actually are going back to the Constitution. Um, he said, I didn't read all 60, 60 pages, but I read enough to, uh, to affirm what Politico was saying is that they did a pretty hard takedown. Um, I'll pull a couple sections out here. Um, this, this line I like, let me see, I got to read this. Uh, they're talking about the original Roe v. Wade from uh, 1973. He says, this court decided Roe v. Wade, even though the constitution makes no mention of abortion, the court held that it confers a broad right to obtain one. It did not claim that American law or the common law had ever recognized such a right. And its survey of history ranged from the constitutionally irrelevant to the plainly incorrect. Uh, that's a really bold statement to come in a Supreme Court opinion. Um, they're saying that the Roe v. Wade, the basis of the Roe v. Wade was constitutionally, it was, it was over the range of constitutionally irrelevant to plainly incorrect. Um, the opinion concluded with a numbered set of rules, much like those that would be found in a statute enacted by the legislature. And then Alito goes on to to discuss what Roe v. Wade, the, the 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 court dividing pregnancy into trimesters and saying that the first trimester you can have an abortion, uh, the second trimester states can regulate it, but uh, they can't ban it in cases of woman's health. Um, they started defining what viability was of a fetus and that that made a difference and when you can when you can kill the fetus. Um, I'm going to read this. At the time of Roe, 30 states prohibited abortion at all stages. In the years prior to that decision, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation, and it effectively struck down abortion laws of every single state. Um, I think by effectively, he means that's because that's what the states did with it. Uh, states don't have to do that. Um, I kind of object to thinking about that way. But even the Supreme Court does have this idea that they have the final decision on everything. Um, and that's false. That's not really the purpose of the Supreme Court. Um, but anyway, the, the article is interesting. So uh, I encourage you to read the political politic, Politico article. Uh, it's very easy to find right now because uh, it's a hot topic. Um, and also look through some of this uh, embedded um draft. Uh, they also put out a separate on, on the Politico website. They have just this, this file. Um, now, notwithstanding, uh, I don't know morally whether they should have put this out. They really should let the court do their thing. I would be inclined as a journalist that if I got a hold of this, uh, I don't think I would publish it. Um, I think I would uh, point out to the person I got it from, um, you should not disclose this. That's not how the court's supposed to work. Um, Politico said, no draft decision in modern history of the court has been disclosed publicly while a case is still pending. Uh, there's a couple of cases where people were writing books on it and they you know, clearly had access to the opinion, but the books didn't come out until after the final opinion was released by the court. Um, uh, a lot of people are saying this is unprecedented. I didn't fact check that, but uh, I've never heard of it and I've been following 
the Supreme Court on and off for uh, three decades or so, maybe four. I've never heard of a draft opinion published. Um, they they're keep pretty quiet. Okay. All right. Enough of Politico. Um, so I want to talk about the, uh, yeah, you can take that down. But, um, the, the problem with the leak is as I started, it's a political attempt to influence the court. Like that, that has to be what this is done by. And I assume, and I, because I believe it's very likely that it's someone who objected to it. Uh, there's three justices that right now are working, reportedly working on dissenting opinions. So they they don't agree with the majority. Uh, it's the three Democrat, um, the five five Republicans, uh, or reportedly agree with this decision. Uh, that's another interesting thing. If if people say the court is not political body, uh, why are decisions? opinions often along party lines. Um, the original Roe v. Wade actually had uh, five of the of the justices that voted in favor of the majority opinion were Republican. And the, um, the justice who wrote the uh, majority opinion in Roe v. Wade was a Republican. Um, so the, the, you know, the idea that uh, if you put Republicans and that'll fix everything, or you put Democrats in, that'll fix everything. Like that's never true. Um, the way I see them is they're really on the same team. They all believe that it, it is normally up to the Supreme Court and the federal government to make make decisions. Um, this particular case I find very interesting because they're actually going back to the original constitution and they're pointing out what the constitution says. Um, so it's a clear, and a striking takedown of, of the 1973 Roe v. Wade case. Um, I uh, looked up a little history here. Just kind of, I think we all know what it is, but um, it was 1973. The original Roe v. Wade struck down a Texas abortion ban. Um, basically, abortion was not allowed in Texas at the time. Um, their opinion, the court opinion, was that abortion is a right per the 14th Amendment. Um, that's almost funny. Uh, 14th Amendment's not one I read much, um, but there's nothing even remotely like that in the 14th Amendment. Um, got my little book here. Always have that with me for doing these classes. Uh, I think it's a key part of civics education in the United States. Uh, the 14th Amendment says all persons born or naturalized in the United States they forgot the plural, but in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Um, this is a side topic to this particular case, but this is really where the, the this, this is the time when they started to come up with this idea that you could be a citizen of the United States, like that the United States was a thing, um, one nation, like it was never that way before that. Uh, this was in 1868. So, of course, it's after the War for Southern Independence. This is when um, they were making amendments uh, affirming the the authority of the, the general government, the Washington, D.C. general government, to invade another country and, and take them over and annex it into the United States. Um, but separate topic. So anyway, as far as abortion goes, there's nothing. That has anything to do with abortion. Um, the... Uh, 
the, the, the one I'll make one comment. The reason it says all persons born and naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, it's because the children of diplomats born here are not subject to the jurisdiction. So they're not natural born citizens. Um, you have to, your, your parents have to be uh, citizens. So you have to be born here and you have to be raised to be, to be a natural born. You have to be raised under the, you know, with no conflicting um, loyalty in your parents. So yeah, uh, children of a diplomat born here are not citizens. All right. The uh, uh, a second part of this first section, 14th Amendment says, um, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty or property without due process of the law. Now, OK, I'll read that again. This is what they said in Roe v. Wade defines the right to an abortion. Um, Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty or property without due process of law. Uh, that doesn't read like a constitutional right to abortion to me. Um, it's quite a stretch. And Alito in that majority opinion is calling him out on it. Uh, the rest of um, 14th Amendment, it is a, one of the longer ones. It's a newer one. They, they get wordy in the later amendments. Um, they talk about voting. It's one of the first ones when you hear this concept of the right to vote, which uh, I covered in a previous Rebel Civics episode. Uh, Spoiler alert, there's no such thing as a right to vote. And they don't try to define it. They just act like it's here. But they talk about the right to vote uh, for any male over 21 can't be infringed by a state except for participation in rebellion or other crime. Um, now, actually, all the amendment says is that if a state does prohibit males over 21 from voting who were not participating in a rebellion, um, all that happens is the number of representatives is decreased in Congress. That's the only regulation here. It doesn't actually say that they can't uh, not have that. They just reduce the representation in Congress, which is the House of Representatives, because this was before the Senate. They destroyed the Senate. Um, and there's another section here about... Uh, holding office under the United States if you've engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States or given aid and comfort to enemies. Uh, then section four of 14th Amendment says the validity of the public debt shall not be questioned. Uh, what do they mean by that? You can't question the Congress borrowing a trillion dollars? I'm not sure exactly what they mean about that, but it says the validity of the public debt shall not be questioned. Uh, that sounds like a violation of the First Amendment. Um, I, I'm not familiar with that ever being enforced because I certainly question the federal debt and uh, I'm willing to do so on this show. I think I'll do a show on the federal debt and question it. All right. So that's the 14th Amendment. Um, as I said, in Roe v. Wade and some of the articles and news coming out now that's talking about the right to privacy, the constitutional right to abortion based on the right to privacy under the 14th Amendment. That's totally bogus. Um, I, I don't know if the people saying that ever read the 14th Amendment. Um, but, you know, anybody that's even remotely rational uh, that tries to justify it based on that is has a big problem because there's nothing even close to it in there. Okay, 
enough of the 14th Amendment. Um, the, the, the due process clause uh, that the court said justifies the right to abortion, defines the right to abortion, like, no. Um, I think you could, you, it's even conceivable you could argue the other way that that, that amendment would make abortion not legal under the 14th Amendment. That argument would, act, would be more powerful. I still wouldn't buy it. Uh, I still would disagree, but it actually would be a better argument to say that the 14th Amendment means that um, you can't have any abortion ever. Um, that could be argued. I'm not going to argue it, and I'm not arguing that. I'm not really talking much about the moral question here. Uh, I want to talk about the Supreme Court authority. And that's the reason I named this uh, episode Roe and Wade versus SCOTUS jurisdiction. So Roe and Wade, to me, they're they're on the same side. They both thought that the Supreme Court should make this decision, and they took the matter to the Supreme Court. It actually wasn't Roe. Roe was was a young woman who wanted to get an abortion, a, a young poor woman, uh, and her name wasn't Roe. That's a that's a they used a fake name. Um, her name was Norma McCorvey. Uh, in Roe, it was in 1969. She had had two kids, poor girl, you know, very uh, financially poor girl. Um, she'd had two kids and gave them up and uh, was pregnant again, didn't want it. And some law firm took her case, uh, this an association, and they called Roe. They called her Roe originally, and then, but her name came out anyway. It's Norma McCorvey. Uh, later in life, she became a uh, anti-abortion activist, so she regretted the whole thing. But that's another side issue. Uh, so in 1969, Norma McCorvey wished to get an abortion in Texas. Uh, in Texas at the time, abortion was only legal to save a woman's life, and her life was not in danger by the pregnancy. So um, she wasn't able to get get the abortion. Um, Henry Wade is the is the Wade. Uh, he was the DA of Dallas County. Um, the Texas Supreme Court had declared that the abortion ban violated the right to privacy. Uh, they're taking that same tactic. Um, and maybe under state law, I'm not familiar with the state law on privacy. Maybe you can claim that. Uh, I didn't look into that. But I'll just assume maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Um, I don't want to get into Texas laws about privacy and how it might relate to abortion, but they're using the same argument that the Supreme Court did. Um, so Texas Supreme Court uh, said that the state abortion ban violated a right. And that was appealed to federal courts. Uh, and it went up to Supreme Court eventually in 73. So this is long after it mattered to, to Norma McCorvey or Roe. Um, but in 73, it, it went into the Supreme Court, uh, and their opinion was 7-2, majority opinion, that Texas could not ban abortion in the first trimester. Uh, I started to talk it briefly, but Supreme Court uh, issued an opinion that reads like legislation of a state. Like They're, they're trying to make law. It's, it's their activist judges who think they're in the, the legislature. Um, and that's what Roe v. Wade reads like. They talk about first trimester, um, the second trimester state can regulate it, and the third trimester state can ban it um, for a fetus that can survive outside except when the woman's health is in danger. Um, got a comment here from Marby Dog. If the leak came from Sotomayor or Kagan, I wouldn't be surprised. Is the leak an impeachable offense? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'll go to 
Article 3, which uh, defines the powers of the Supreme Court, which I was going to talk to next. Um, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges, both of the Supreme and inferior courts, shall hold their offices during good behavior. Now, good behavior would be defined by the other justices or by con by Congress. So Marby Dog's question about if the leak did come from a justice, um, sure, Congress could remove them for bad behavior. That's clearly bad behavior. Uh, they're, they're using a draft, which wasn't supposed to be public and isn't done. Um, I assume that, that Samuel Alito, who wrote that, is pissed. Like they're, they're not ready yet to release it to the public. It's just a draft that they're saying, do you all agree with this? So we don't really know if the other five actually agree. Nobody signed it yet and saying, okay, you know, this is the final opinion. Um, so as far as impeachment goes, uh, I don't know if they use that word. Uh, they can be removed. Um, Supreme Court justice can be removed for bad behavior. And the question on bad behavior is a question for Congress. Um, remember that the, the court is funded by Congress. So the authority here on, on the, the, the justices on the court, uh, including how many there are, but there's nothing magic about the nine. Uh, an odd number is a good idea, but uh, it was five originally, I think five, and George Washington was president. Um, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, it, the number of justices is not defined in the Constitution. That's up to Congress. The funding is defined in the Congress. Um, as far as what cases they hear, the Supreme Court decides their cases. They often take cases they have no jurisdiction in. Uh, Actually, it looks to me like most of the cases they take, they don't have jurisdiction. It's none of their business. So their opinion doesn't really matter legally. States can just ignore them. Um, and their opinion is really just about the cases before them. So Roe v. Wade is an example of political activist judges trying to write laws. And the problem is that the, the states and the people, if I say we, it's because I'm, talk, I'm thinking about the states and the people uh, let them get away with it. So the way to handle this problem is to not let the court get away with this nonsense. Um, don't let the court be legislatures. Let you know make make decisions that that look like laws. Um, if you read Roe v. Wade, uh, a, a state senator might have said, "Yeah, I'll vote for that." Um, it, it's it's like it's legislation. So that you hear the term activist judge. Um, they're activists. That's not what a judge is supposed to do should just look at the constitution. Um, why I'm on article three, since uh, Harvey Dog got me on this part. Um, I'm gonna read section two. Again, I'm in the constitution. It says, the judicial power shall extend all cases in law and equity arising under this constitution, the laws of the United States and treaties made or which shall be made under their authority. Now that's a key thing that we're talking about under their authority. So. The Supreme Court only has jurisdiction in cases that are constitutionally delegated powers of the general government. Um, they, they don't have authority to hear all these state issue cases. The original Roe v. Wade, the constitutional proper legal action of the Supreme Court would have been to say, it's not a federal matter. Um, that's a state question. 
And it, it doesn't actually matter. It, it makes a difference what your opinion on abortion is. The, the question here is, does the Supreme Court have authority? Uh, this is a question for the states, clearly. Okay, Section 2 and Article 3 goes on to say, to all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and councils, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, to controversies to with the, which the United States shall be a party, to controversies between two or more states, and between citizens of different states, under grants of the different states, uh, and between a state or the citizens thereof and foreign states, citizens or subjects. Um, so that's that's it, this little part right here from there to there. Oh, and by the way, section three that defines it, it's just this part here, that's it. You don't even have to flip the page uh, to read article three. Uh, this defines everything the Supreme Court's allowed to do. Uh, there's nothing even remotely resembling abortion. Like, I mean, murder isn't a federal crime. That's a state matter. So even if you think abortion is murder from the day of pregnancy, it doesn't matter. It's not a Supreme Court decision. Go talk to your state. Never call the area code 202 again. That's one of my, that's a great line from uh, Mike Meharry at the 10th Amendment Center. Never call area code 201, 202. Like, don't call DC. Call your state legislature or something like this. This is not none of DC's business. Um, anyway, that's Article Three that defines uh, what the Supreme Court's allowed to do. Um, the amendment, as far as which amendment actually applies in this case, it's the Tenth Amendment, one of the most important ones. The Tenth Amendment says the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. This is a key amendment, and it's very important, and it comes up all the time in what the federal government is doing. Uh, when they talk about powers not delegated to the United States, by that they mean the general government in Washington, D.C. now. So the United States is the government. That's how they phrase it. Um, so either a power is delegated, they use the term expressly delegated, it's specifically delegated to the United States then the government can has that power. If it's not specifically listed uh, for for Congress, it's Article One, Section Eight. Um, it's a it's a two page list of everything Congress has, has authority. It has to be specifically listed, or Congress is not legally allowed to do it. Um, I don't know what the percentage would be. I'll take a wild guess. It's ninety percent of what they do is not legal. It's it's all it's all legal. So the Tenth Amendment says, nor prohibited by it to the states. There's a very short list of what states are not allowed to do as members of the union. And the federal government does have authority to regulate, to, to you know, punish states basically for violating uh, the provisions listed that are prohibited to the states. But it's a short list. A couple examples, states aren't allowed to coin their own money. Um, states are not allowed to enter into a treaty with another state. Um, which includes another country, by the way, that's the same thing, uh, because the states are the sovereign entity. So a state can't um, enter into a treaty with another state directly. That's got to be done through the general government in the United States. Um, so anyway, those two things, either delegated to the United States or prohibited by it to the states, everything else is reserved to the states respectively or to the people. By word to the people means that it's not a matter for any government. It's reserved to the people. So the question on abortion and Roe v. Wade 
uh, Alito is correct. He's saying that this is a matter for the states to decide. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the, the moral question is interesting also. Uh, and Carter uh, tonight on his um, on his Dangerous Thoughts show is going to get into the philosophy behind it, which I also find interesting uh, because abortion is a very interesting philosophical question. Um, but the key here that I'm talking about for the civics the civics matter is, does the federal government have any authority here? So, um, as I said, your opinion on abortion could be that uh, the, the two-cell fertilized egg, you know, at, at the first split uh, is a potential human or human, whatever term you want to use it, uh, zygote, or um, that killing that is killing a person and it's the same as murder. That could be your opinion. Or your opinion could be that the woman has the right to have an abortion, that it's her body, her choice, that whole line. Uh, So-called pro-choice, which is a dumb name, just like pro-life, pro-choice are both dumb names because um, they don't really mean what they say. They don't believe in choice. Spoiler alert, pro-choice people don't believe in choice. Most of them. Um, they're, they're only in this one manner. Uh, I got distracted a bit thinking through that, but so the, the point was that you could believe that a woman has a right to abort the baby. I'm going to use the term baby. I guess technically it's a fetus still, uh, but the day before natural childbirth, it sure looks a lot like a baby. Um, if it's born a day earlier, it is a baby. So I don't mind when people call it a baby. Uh, I don't know where you draw the line between the, uh, the first split two cell and an actual baby, but the day before natural childbirth, uh, you are killing a human being, um, no question. Some people believe you have the right to have abortion up till then, and then people have all sorts of reasons for drawing a line somewhere in the middle. And um, that's an interesting argument because there's essentially no line that doesn't have some arbitrary nature to it. My point here in the civics question, and Alito is, is affirming this, is that it doesn't matter which end you are or where you're at in the middle on that. Uh, Roe v. Wade is the wrong decision because the Supreme Court doesn't have jurisdiction to weigh in on it. The 14th Amendment does not guarantee some right to have an abortion or right to privacy. It says nothing like that. Uh, they are using the words there as a weapon and most people don't bother to read it so they don't know. They just take it for granted. If you listen to Rachel Maddow or something, she might say, I, I only heard a little bit of her, but she might say you have the right to abortion. It's a constitutional right. Um, that's all bogus. And she probably doesn't know what's in it anyway. It's so, so it's a political move. I'm, I really object to releasing the draft because it's an attempt to sway the court uh, politically. And that isn't how the court's supposed to, supposed to work. Um, court justices are not elected by popular majority vote in the Supreme Court. Uh, and I think that's a good idea. You don't want campaigns for for justices. Um, I have no problem with removing them and they should be removed for bad behavior. Um, I got into the authority um, and, and I just wanna again, reiterate the point that the, the Supreme Court legal authority is strictly limited. You know, legally what they're allowed to offer an opinion on uh, they're also not the final say. You hear this phrased all the time um, that the Supreme Court is the, it's the law of the land, like Roe v. Wade is the law of the land. That's bogus. Um, 
they don't write laws. It's they issue opinions, majority and dissenting. Uh, they don't issue rulings. If I hear somebody say, you know, the Supreme Court ruled, I often will stop them and say, kings issue rulings. Like courts issue opinions. Go read in a Supreme Court opinion. It doesn't say ruling. It says majority opinion or it's a dissenting opinion. And often the dissenting opinions are the one that's right. I find it interesting to read the dissenting opinions. Um, it's It can be even better to read that first if you're curious about what the Supreme Court decided. Read the dissenting opinion too. Uh, um, you, I've found that uh, often I agree with it. I haven't kept track of statistics, but it might actually be more often than not. I agree with the dissenting opinion. Um, and they are just opinions. And you know what they say about opinions. Um, the So the, the just to reiterate that, the question on what you think about abortion is not relevant to what I'm saying. It doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm talking about what authority the Supreme Court has, what authority the federal government has, and what authority the states have. Um, so, you know, in, in, in summary of all that, um, courts issue opinions, not rulings. Don't let people get away with saying court ruled and question what the court says. Uh, this is how we fix this problem. This is how states can fix a problem. This is how we can fix a problem. The opinion that the Supreme Court issues is on the case before them. So this particular opinion, it's actually about Dobbs versus the the Dobbs in the uh, Mississippi Department of Health versus the Jackson Women's Health Organization. That's what this opinion applies to. Uh, same as Roe v. Wade applied to Roe and the District Attorney of Dallas County. Um, it, it doesn't matter. It's, we should be ignoring these um, these kind of opinions, and the state should should ignore the ones that are unconstitutional. All three branches of the of the federal government have the duty and the responsibility to determine what is constitutional and what is not. The Supreme Court is not the final say. Um, if Congress objects to something that the Supreme Court says in a majority opinion, Congress can pass legislation and just ignore it. They can pass legislation and uh, do what they want. Congress also funds the Supreme Court. I uh, love a uh, Chris Ann Hall thought experiment that she says, um, as far as the authority of the court goes, one way to cut them down uh, to keep them from so much mischief is to reduce the court to a single justice. Um, there is a constitutional requirement to have a Supreme Court, but it could just be the chief justice and put them in a in a uh, folding chair with a card table and a candle in the basement uh, with one guest chair. Uh, that would cut down on a lot of the trouble uh, the courts would do. And that's perfectly constitutional. So Congress can stop it, as Marvy Dog asked that question. Uh, Congress can stop some of this. It's just that they actually don't want to now. They love leaving everything up to the Supreme Court. And then they say the Supreme Court said that's a requirement. So Roe v. Wade was never the law of the land. That's a that's false. Uh, it's not even a law. Congress has never passed a law about abortion. There is no federal law about abortion. So there is no law of the land. Uh, it's up to each state even now, even before this Roe v. Wade's overturned. Um, the original opinion clearly violates the Constitution. It's outside their jurisdiction. Uh, it's it's bogus. And I'm glad that Samuel Alito is calling them out and that there's four other justices, maybe five that agree with them, according to the report. 
from Politico anyway. Uh, we don't have we're not privy to their secret deliberations, but the uh, the analysis of the December arguing of this this case, this Mississippi uh, case, makes it pretty clear that most of the justices, the majority of the justices, were just talking about how to overturn Roe v. Wade. They weren't really talking about. I mean, they were they were adamant like this Mississippi law is is constitutional because the federal government can't stop a state from banning abortions after 15 weeks. And Roe v. what Roe v. Wade says doesn't matter. It's what the Constitution says. Um, as far as abortion rights go, there's no such thing as a right to abortion. There's no such thing as a constitutional right at all. Uh, the Constitution recognizes a few rights, but it doesn't grant rights. Right, rights are inherent in us as, as human beings. Um, they don't come from the Constitution. They don't come from any government. Government can infringe on rights. It can protect rights. It can recognize rights, but it doesn't grant rights. And the, the question on abortion is up to the separate 50 sovereign states per the 10th Amendment. There's nothing in Article 1, 2, or 3 that allows Congress, the president, or the Supreme Court to weigh in on the matter. Uh, Congress can't regulate it. The Supreme Court's opinion is not not authorized it's not in their jurisdiction and the president has no authority it's up to the 50 states and that's how the these united states are designed there's 50 sovereign states uh murder is not a federal crime so you can call abortion murder i don't care it doesn't matter because murder is not a federal crime that's a state that's a state matter um this does this draft opinion if this goes forward which looks like it's likely it will the only question is whether it's going to be 5-4 or 6-3 decision. That's probably all that's left. Um, it doesn't end abortion in the United States. It doesn't. You can believe California, New York, and Connecticut are still going to have abortion. They're still going to be legal. New York, I, I think they have it like pretty late in the pregnancy, like almost up to natural childbirth. Um the moral question there is what why is childbirth a line you know maybe uh, abortion should be legal up to age 12 um i don't want to get too far into the moral question but i have asked people uh as far as the charge that abortion is murder here's a little thought experiment so if your daughter took the morning after pill because you claim that a two cell uh potential human or human whatever name you want to use for it um, that that's a human being and has the right to life and that it's murder to kill it. So that would mean if your daughter had an abortion, you have to call the police and have her arrested and sit on her jury and uh, define her guilty and put her in jail for, for murder. So I, I kind of asked the question that way, are you serious? And then the other side of the question is the day before natural childbirth, the baby is a human being. Uh, I consider it to have the right to life. Um, the only exception there would be if the baby is killing the mother for some reason. And at one day before childbirth, it's no problem to get the baby out. The baby is perfectly viable. Uh, the viability argument is an interesting place to start talking about lines where you would draw the line. That's the, uh, if you ever heard the eviction argument that, that you have the right to evict the developing person inside you. Um, that's an interesting one. I, I uh, enjoy listening to, to the debate there. But the whole problem with this, to me, and, and I'm getting into the moral part, and I'll stop 
shortly on this question. It's clear to me that you're not murdering a human being with the right to life with a morning after pill or at one week. Um, it's also clear to me that the day before natural childbirth is the same, essentially the same as the day after natural childbirth. So there's a line somewhere. And I actually don't know myself where that line should be. Um, drawing a line during a pregnancy is is a um, it's a bit of a moral dilemma. Um, the Supreme Court used an arbitrary trimester. Um, I, I don't know how you define that. The, the viability question changes with medical technology. So that's a tough one to use. Um, so that's an interesting question. And I'm looking forward to listening to Carter tonight talk about some of the, the ethical and philosophy behind that on his, uh, his evening show. So thanks for listening to Rebel Civics. Uh, anybody has any questions, put them in chat. I read the YouTube chats. Um, you know, within a day or two, I'll, I'll catch up on them. And uh, if you ask a question, I'll get back. So uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production may be upsetting to Brian Stelter. Please do not expose him to it. For completely legitimate reasons, Taylor Lawrence is requesting any information you may have about the following individuals. The Twitter subroutine appears to be malfunctioning. Pay no attention to it. Did you know that the word liberty is a dog whistle for insurrectionists? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.